You're listening to Something Real, connecting the reality of God to the realities of life. On today's episode, we are still in Luke chapter 20, and a couple things happen in this little section. Uh, Jesus tells a parable. Uh, the Pharisees try to trick him yet again. Uh, obviously, it doesn't work. Uh, but, but what we're really talking about this episode and what we spend a lot of time going over is how important brokenness is. And that's not typically an easy thing, especially in Western culture, for us to want to be or, or want to submit to. But uh, we talk about submitting to the authority of Christ. And I thought it was a really good discussion today. And uh, yeah, without further ado, here you guys go. Not as great as WKRP in Cincinnati. And that's how we start that's the podcast. That's how we start the podcast, and everyone will be guessing. <laughs> as much as we love Liv and Maddie, and it's a great theme song. I don't love it, but only because I don't know it. Do, you should, because it's great. I have no, no age-appropriate children for that. <laughs> so? <laughs> I'm a 31-year-old lady. Either, either do I. <laughs> Shelly and I sit around watching Liv and Maddie. But uh, we, we must acknowledge that WKRSP in Cincinnati is one of the all-time great uh, television theme songs. I agree. There's, there's no denying it. That's oh, right. now I just want to go through all the great television theme songs. But that's, that's not a whole other podcast. That's not what we're here for. You could make a podcast just about that. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Oh gosh. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, <laughs> or whenever you're whenever oh, you're listening to this. <laughs> whenever you're listening to this. We are very serious organization. We here very clearly have a head of coffee. Yet you're working on that. You can't see that because this is a podcast. All right. So we are uh, going to talk about what we're supposed to talk about at, at some point. <laughs> Which apparently is not WKRP. Not today. All right. <laughs> so uh, welcome. Uh, we are... I have this overwhelming urge to do Les Nessman with the traffic oh, report. Go ahead. I mean, you I, just go do your, you do your thing here. I shall not. You're just running with it. King of restraint. We are professional podcasting. Oh, you don't, I don't even have my mug today. We're going to get mugs, by the way. We're going to make it Do you want to go ahead and make that announcement, that what, what you want to do on the oh, giveaway? Oh, sure. Why not? Uh, we are very close to reaching 5,000 mm-hmm. listens, which is exciting. It is exciting. Considering we've been doing this for eight years. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and and you been... have 3,000 of them. Right. So. I've, I'm really racking up those numbers. No, but we have close to 5,000 listens, which I think is fun and yeah. exciting. Um, and we appreciate everybody listening. And, uh, you know, this has been a lot of fun. We've been doing it for over a year now. So it's been a lot of fun. It's been... We've been in Luke for over a year now. That's very true. Um so I thought it might be fun to at five thousand listens when we when we hit that number to give away a couple of mugs. I know people have suggested on the live stream before that they would be interested in having one. So we will do that. So be sure to listen, encourage your friends to listen, share the podcast, do what you need to do to get it out there, and uh, we'll give away a couple of mugs. And they will also be available for purchase. Then is that correct? Do you want to have this discussion now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps. Well, we can go back to WKRP and yeah, okay. if you want us. <laughs> What's better? Happy Tuesday. Okay. But yeah, just throwing that out there. There are a lot of conversations I don't want to have, honestly. I mean, I true. Just, you know, when you have do. a microphone in front of you. Right. Okay. Or without. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll talk about that when we get there. So be sure to keep listening and share the podcast with your peoples. But uh, speaking of Luke that we've been in for over a year, hmm. we are currently in chapter 20. So we're nearing the end. We are. A lot happens in this last portion of of the Gospel of Luke. 
Um, we've been we've covered you know 33 years here in the in the first 19 chapters mm -hmm. or 18 chapters, and now from here on, it's all packed together in this same uh, time period as Je Jesus enters Jerusalem and he prepares to actually do uh, what he came to do to to seeking to save the lost. So he's been out uh, proclaiming the gospel, um, establishing his identity. Now he is recognized, as we, uh, uh, as we saw in chapter 19, as Messiah. He's, he's um, welcomed and hailed as king as he comes in. The, the authority that he wields leads him to act as a king would mm -hmm. in purging the temple and, and uh, you know, establishing the standard of the kingdom. Uh, which, if everything he's done from like chapter four on hasn't, hasn't already, already right, caused right. a ruckus, now he's really, uh, really bothering the leadership. And it only gets worse in this particular chapter, in chapter 20, as well, they question his authority. Right. He puts it back on them. Right. And then he tells a parable that is clearly pointed. This is a very pointed parable. And, and so as he's telling this, he says it to the people. So everybody knows it, but, but he's talking about, about them. Right. And they know that it's about them. And now it goes from... He knows that they know that we know. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, and it goes from them really wanting to eliminate him and working to eliminate him to, we got to kill him now. It's got to go right, right now. Well, and this is, I mean, they've been trying to get him this whole right. book. Yeah. I mean, from the from but the, now this right, we're bringing this plan to its culmination immediately because right. we can't let this go on. Right. Now he's pointing the finger directly at us, and everybody go, uh, gets it. And so, you know, it kind of goes from <laughs> Lion King reference. Kind of goes from Scar scheming against his brother and resenting his brother to overthrow Mufasa to spoiler alert. Now is the time. You know, we're gonna kill him, and that's that's kind of where we're at in this particular chapter and we're moving into what we're going to see in the next um, in the next several chapters here as the crucifixion and resurrection that was the trauma of my childhood Mufasa's death anyway overwhelming uh so <laughs> this is also overwhelming um so in this particular section that we uh covered on Sunday like you said Jesus I'll, I'll I'm sorry over I keep scooting you. out of the frame I know you get irritated I do with get me irritated I do. I don't want to be the only one on camera. So uh, in this particular uh, section we covered on Sunday, as you just mentioned, uh, Jesus tells a parable that is very clearly about the Pharisees. Right, um, yeah. But he tells it to everybody. Uh, so my question, I guess, about that, I thought that was interesting, that, that, it's, that he tells this story to everybody, but it's specifically about this group of people. Right. So... Does everybody realize that, or is it just the Pharisees saying, "Hey, he's talking about us"? Well, as he's talking because about because I, I, does their embarrassment in that fuel their desire to? Oh, I would think for sure. Yeah, I, I, they they wouldn't react this way it, with the same immediacy if they knew he was criticizing them and nobody else did, because they've known straight along. He's, right. he's calling them out. It's not like that's new, but now he is specifically calling them rejectors of God, they get it. And, and you know, I, I think looking at this, it seems evident that they know that the people know, mm -hmm. you know. And so um, that seems to bring about the immediacy, or at least to, to fuel it a little bit more, um, that 
when he cleared the temple, everything took on a new urgency. Now mm-hmm. it's not, okay, we got to figure out a way to get rid of this guy. We have to get rid of this guy now. Now with this, it's like, all right, Last dr- drop the hammer. Right. We're done. Right. And um, so, yeah, that, uh, <clears throat> that pointed parable is, is about them, but it's also for the people. That's why Jesus is telling it to the people so that they get it. And in fact, a little later on here, he'll, he'll warn the people about, and he already has warned about the yeast of the Pharisees. Now he'll, he'll warn them about the teachers of the law here in, in just a little while and um, describe their character. And so that the, the difference um, in the parable between the workers in the vineyard the tenants who refuse to give the fruit uh, to the owner, mm-hmm. um, that, that comparison between them and these leaders of Israel who are supposed to be servants of God. They're supposed to be leading the people into uh, bearing fruit for God, for his glory. They're refusing to do the things that please God and, and maintain control for themselves. So this whole, um, this whole thing has the 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 prophetic point that jesus comes as messiah to be this this stone that the builders reject from psalm 118 and that's that's the picture of the pharisees they are the builders who are rejecting the stone they're rejecting the messiah as they build essentially their own temple rather than god's temple but according to the prophecy what Jesus is saying here is the, this Messiah, the Christ, was rejected by those in leadership, but is truly the cornerstone of all things, cornerstone of the church, cornerstone of the faith, uh, most specifically because that is the center, that's the, the hub of everything in the universe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that, that stone of Christ um, is really, that's the central point that, that everything here is about. So we're talking about the authority of Jesus as we have been. We've seen that established. Um, last week when we looked at 19, we, we focused heavily on that authority. Well, now the repercussions of, of that authority are, are clear. So when you have someone in authority, you have an option, you have a choice about how you're going to handle that. Right. Will you submit to that authority? Or will you ignore or resist that authority? And uh, that's really, those are the only two real options. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisees are not just the Pharisees, but all of these religious leaders are in the same situation, and they're confronted with that. The people, though, are also confronted with that. All of the the masses, and you and I here today, are still confronted with that same truth. There is is just a, a really simple choice between either submission or resistance to the authority of Christ as God. Right. And so if we will fall on him and be broken by him as as psalm 118 says and as jesus quotes here that the uh, the stone the builders rejected has become the the capstone actually he's not that's the quote from 118 uh as he's drawing the rest of this is coming from isaiah and, and from a few other places um but he says everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces but he on whom it falls will be crushed mm-hmm. and so as jesus um puts himself in the center of that, the issue then related to that authority is brokenness. Will you be broken by this authority? In other words, will you submit, will you surrender to the authority of Christ and let him have the full run of your life? 
or will you resist and have the stone fall on you and be crushed utterly? You'd be, be judged and in, in uh, I believe it's the Isaiah reference. I, I should have uh, marked it here, but um, refers to, to the fact that it, you become like chaff mm -hmm. on the threshing room floor, that the wind blows away. You, you, you become non-existent. And that's what happens with Israel. It's, that's the, the picture that we have here. But in a further extension of that, that's true for all of us. Anyone who refuses to submit to the authority of Christ ends up judged and condemned and ultimately crushed. Well, upon first, you know, just glancing at that particular statement, neither option sounds great. And when you think about right, when you think true. like, I don't want to be broken or crushed. Right. But when you think about it, yeah, being broken is not fun. Yeah. You know, you, you know, even by today's standards, I think especially, uh, uh, you know, in, in North American culture, you know, we want to be self-sufficient and independent and we, Absolutely. Can, do, we can do anything. We, and blah, blah, we blah. focus on, on the wholeness, the fitness, yes. the, the self-esteem, you know, we, you know. We let everything fall apart in our society if anybody offends me, if, if my right. sensibilities are offended. You can't disagree with me. We can't have an open discussion about anything anymore because we're so quickly offended and we can't have that. Right. I can't, you can't do anything that makes me feel well, bad about myself. Even me, I, I felt guilty after, you know, kind of ruminating on this because I, I read that and I thought, well, I don't know. I don't want to be broken, <laughs> but, but nobody wants to be, broken. Oh, right. That's it. Nobody wants to be broken, but look at your alternative. Right. Well, and that's, that's really kind of the point we right. see here. And Paul develops that in his letters. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, the, the, the book of Hebrews, we see that through it, that, that this is, we have to make less of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have to disappear. That's just it. Like, you know, get yourself out of the center of things. Yeah. I mean, John the Baptist says right. this, right? I, I have to become yes, that less. That's not a Stacey Koziel quote. I, I have to become less. He right. has to become greater. Right. This is the point. It can't be about me preserving my intact life. Right. And, and that's, I guess that's my problem, or one of my many problems, with the entire idea of the the health and wealth, prosperity gospel your that, best life that so creeps into what we do that we focus, as the people did, as the, as the uh, religious leaders did, on the temporal blessing so that mm -hmm. we think that, that our life is supposed to be, if we're doing it right, if we're understanding Christian life, and if God really smiles on me, then things are going to go well for me. I'm not going to struggle. I'm not going to hurt. That's absolutely not the reality it's not the prescribed path it's not the described path it's not the way of christ the way of christ is brokenness suffering hardship humility well nobody wants to hear that nobody nobody yeah, that's that's terrible evangelism you need to go out and tell people that you know they can have a better life if they'll come to christ if they'll live according to the scriptures then they're gonna have a great life well there's a sense in which some of that is true the if i operate according to the manual, things are going to go better for me. If mm -hmm. I don't, I'm going to struggle. You know, I was trying to uh, help my daughter program her Roku TV without a Roku remote. It did not work. And we're trying to experiment with this universal remote that we don't have instructions for. And so while we're trying to do all this stuff, I don't know how it works. Right. So we're, I'm trying to make this thing do something. And in my mind, I know what it should be doing, but it isn't doing that right. because I don't know how it operates. If I work according to the scriptures in my life, I will be aligned with how reality operates. 
So in that sense, yes, that's better. But that's not necessarily God pouring out blessing and favor on us. That's basic math. If I do this, it leads to this. Whatever choices I make, always, every choice. Cause and effect. Right. Choices have consequences. All choices always have consequences. My choices determine my destiny. Mm -hmm. That's reality. What we tend to want to, to do is to say, well, if we... You know, if we have enough faith, if we're doing this right, and God is pleased with us, then we will, to borrow the phrase, have our best life now. That we'll, you know, things will go better. Uh, the judge will decide in my favor. The policeman will not pull me over for my speeding. Uh, my my debts will all go away. Mm-hmm. I won't have cancer. I won't be sick. Uh, my children will always be obedient and never break lamps in my house. My my dogs won't bite the postman or whatever else. That's just foolishness. We've created a mindset in which that is reality for us, but it isn't reality at all. We've tur- we often turn God into Santa Claus. Absolutely. Yeah. That, you know, he's, he's <laughs> this, be good well, for goodness and we, sake. And we've even changed Santa Claus over the years, well, yeah. you know, so you look back at the idea of Santa Claus bringing a lump of coal or whatever. Right. We won't even bring Krampus into it from, from European yeah, no, history. But, but when you look at how people used to think the, the worldview that was there, good boys and girls got gifts, bad boys and girls got a lump of coal, mm-hmm. but we've eliminated that. We make the coal a joke. So everybody gets gifts. Right. It used to be a gift. Now it's all kinds of gifts. We just spoil everybody rotten. And we think of God in those same terms. It, it's like a, a, a doddering grandfather who just wants to give you everything that you want. I saw right. a sign at the fair that, you know, at the cookie shop that said, uh, if mom says no, ask grandma. If yeah. grandma says no, who are we kidding? Grandma never says no. Right. We picture God that way. Unless you're my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she says, get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she's listening. I hope you're paying attention, Debbie. Uh, <laughs> you know, like everybody in the church now is quoting that. Line. It's hilarious to me. But uh, anyway, the, we do. We make God into, into this... Um, Benevolent isn't really the right word, but mm. but that this not different, not holy, not mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. being, so that he's like Jesus is my homeboy. Jesus is my homeboy. Yeah, this the same. You know, we're just going to be buddies, right. and God gives me everything I want. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get everything I want, then there's either something wrong with my faith, right? Which I think is that that's the the curse of this kind of teaching that's crept into even evangelicalism, or there's something wrong with God, and I can't trust any of this, so I'm going to reject it. Right. Both of those two things are are bad reactions to untrue beliefs. I mean, I have struggled with that too. I'm like, you know, why am I being punished for this? Yeah. Why I must, you know, I must be doing something wrong. I I've struggled with that before, and then I look, you know, every week we we have a, um, a true confessions. I struggle with that sometimes. Well, I think everybody And I does. know better, right. and I teach right. this, and I still, and and I'm way older, right? So way, <laughs> so, so much older. But as uh, you know, as I'm going through these things, I still have to catch myself thinking these false thoughts. Right. I have to renounce right. that. I have to reject that negative thought. Negative thought sounds very self-helpy, but the, this. The, this idea that's very human-based right. rather than scripture-based. And I have to then 
consciously choose to affirm and reaffirm and reaffirm right. the truth of the scripture that while I may not be seeing this now in this moment in my experience, and I may not get it in my own human understanding, I will commit myself right. to, to trusting completely in the Lord right. with my whole right. heart. Even when I don't in my flesh, I choose to in my spirit and I will trust the Lord no matter what my flesh tells me. Right. And I mean, I, I, every week, you know, we have a, a prayer insert in our programs here at church. And I know that's, you know, a typical thing for, for many churches, I'm sure. Or people, you know, just they throw prayer requests out online or, or within the church itself. And, and you, I look at that list every week and I think, man. People are going through so much, and yeah, that's just a, that's just a fraction of of. I mean, there are probably tons of people who aren't saying things out right. loud what they're going through and whatever. And but I've seen instances where people are going through so much, and I I admire. I mean, I don't know what they're doing in in the privacy of their own home. I don't know what they're really thinking or feeling, or whatever. But their faith does not waver, mm. and they are are still talking about it and still. Uh, proclaiming the gospel and 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 they're praying for God to make you know make a positive change or or, or make something happen, mm -hmm. but they're not putting a condition on it. Right. And I think that's really important to keep in mind for me at least that I have I have heard about and seen and experienced people going through the unimaginable, and when people can do that and remain grounded in their faith faith their faith um that is i mean that's that's the standard that's what needs to happen and i i pray that i can be that way because that is very difficult at times not to say that you know it's more difficult the better we are you know when, right. when things are going well right when everything goes our way right. and people respect us yep. and we are you know we're, we're doing right, we're not humiliated, mm -hmm. and we're not hurt, uh, we're not betrayed, we're not unjustly treated, then we're also normally, in our, in our normal way of functioning as humans, we're not broken. And, and far too often we come to Christ in a religious manner so that we come to church on Sunday mornings, we put on our happy smile, mm -hmm. you know, depending on the church you're in, you, you, know, you put on your tie or your, your nice Sunday dress, you come, you look nice, you sing the songs, and everything is good. And and I'm not even talking about faking it, because there's a lot of folks right. that fake but it. But you might genuinely but, feel good after you leave church on Sunday. this is what I do. Right. I, I walk away, it's like I get my little bit of inspiration, right. I feel better. I hear a lot of people say, you know, I, I just feel so much better when I go to church. I don't know if that's the design. I mean, there are times when, when we what we should feel is aligned with reality. Well, what you, you know, suggested that, on Sunday was that you hoped that you offended people because you, when in reading this, well, this chapter... Well, at least chapter, confronted people. <laughs> I want to confront people. You I'll always want word, to offend people. Let Let's be honest. I'll let the offend. Uh, but I, I want right. to make sure that we're confronted with right. this and not walking away without... If we don't feel like our toes are stepped on... It probably is offensive attention. as a result yeah. to some people. And, and, I mean, I guess offensive, I, you, you think of it automatically in this negative connotation. I'm not even necessarily right. saying that. I'm just saying it makes you feel uncomfortable, convicted. Yeah, because, we, we need to get uncomfortable. Right. We are far too often comfortable in our Christianity. I, I have a pastor friend I met with yesterday uh, who was talking about reducing their global mission budget 
because they, he feels like they give too much. Not that they give too much to global missions, but it's too high a percentage of what they're doing in their budget because they're not doing it locally. Mm. So that it's easy for us to write a check and have somebody else be uncomfortable. That doesn't even hurt. Right. We need to hurt. We need to actually be involved in the blood, sweat, and tears of daily life with people. So we need to take a higher percentage of our budget to put into the local impact. Mm -hmm. And then we can increase the, the global. We want to increase all of our right. impact, all right. of our giving. Right. But if it is, doesn't actually tax us, if there isn't some personal sacrifice involved, then we're not getting it. We, we don't understand it the same way, and it doesn't break us. Well, on some level, it's almost it's almost dangerous to be just, like you were saying earlier, just uh, everything's going well in your life, every, you know, because it allows you kind of to slide away yeah. from what's really important. And if you, <laughs> if you aren't uh, submitting and if you aren't broken, then God's going to find a way to break you. Well, and, and, uh, and and folks will hear that and perhaps have a, a you know an Eastern karma kind of idea. That's not even what and I'm that's saying. Not, no, no, not what we're talking I've, about. I've ex I'm speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> it's that God needs to. We need to get to a place, and God's going to do what is required, right? To discipline His children, to bring us into the perfect conformity with the image of His Son. And for those who are outside of His family, who are not His children. Everything in your life conspires together, is designed by God to bring you to the confrontation of the cross, mm -hmm. to either be broken, humiliated, humbled, so that you can receive his grace. Because you cannot receive grace on standing on your own two feet. You can only receive grace on your knees. And if, if our circumstances conspire to break us, to get us before the cross with our hearts poured out, overflowing brokenness, then we can receive that grace when we get mm -hmm. to that place. Mm -hmm. And if not, then to harden us. This is the dividing yeah. point where we, we, we either are softened or hardened. Because there are and, going to be some people who downright refuse to, to fall to their knees. Yes, and, and if we look at the scriptures and we observe the world, but more specifically we look at the scriptures, that's the majority. Yeah. The majority of people will not respond. And yet, they may go to church, they may do all right, these things, right. but that's not the same as being broken by it. My mom has been, uh, for weeks now, um, really kind of, I don't know if consumed is the right word, but, but really focused on a, um, a line that I don't know where she saw, I assume probably something on Facebook, some kind of a meme, but pointing out that um, the same boiling water that softens the potato hardens the egg. It's not our circumstances. The circumstances are oh, designed to bring us to God, to break us before him. And for some of us, it will make us soft. The water doesn't change. Right. It's, yeah. And for others of us, uh, it becomes like Pharaoh and it hardens us. And, and we don't receive huh. God. And we may try to pull ourselves up with our bootstraps and religion, but religion is a tool. And it can, it's a tool that can be used to build our own kingdom or to help us connect better with, with God. But religion in itself, it isn't necessarily good or bad. It's how it's used. Right. The point always is, will you surrender to him? And our core reality from the message on Sunday as we were looking at it, the, you know, the question that starts the whole thing is the Pharisees confronting him with this idea, by what authority are you doing this? And he says, 
you don't want to tell me about John's authority? Fine. I'm going to tell you about what authority I'm doing this right. evening. And then he goes on to do all, all the rest of this under the auspices of that question. And so when we see the, the, the pertinent principle that we're grabbing here, that core... You used a lot of P words. You know, I did use a lot of P words. I kind of annoyed myself with it. So they're, they're very likely... You may, said it, not me. There may be no alliteration at all next week because I overkilled it this week. Uh, but, but that core reality that we need to see from that is that those who receive the Son find mercy and favor. It doesn't mean everything in your life goes well. It right. doesn't mean that, that you're going to find the temporal favor, but you find God's pleasure. God's pleasure with Christ was to crush him for our sins. It may be that when God is pleased with us, we end up crushed as well, mm -hmm. broken. Mm -hmm. We all will be broken, but it may be that in this life, it ends in a way that the world would see as badly as we are carrying out God's purposes. There are martyrs around the world today, as we are talking right now, people who are losing their lives literally for the sake of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And the world can look at that and say, well, where is God? Right. God is right here in the midst of it. And he is demonstrating his mercy and favor to them in all of eternity. Because the worst moment that any of us have in this life is better than the best moment in hell, which all of well, us yeah. deserve and all of and us are destined for. And that's for an eternity. For eternity. It never ends. <laughs> so think about that. Picture your worst moment, multiply that infinitely for eternity. For eternity. I mean, it's, that's it's technically we, unfathomable, but... Right. But, but that's what we deserve. Right, right. That's, that's where we belong. Every breath, our worst day is still mercy mm -hmm. from God. Mm -hmm. It's still unmerited favor that we're allowed to even breathe and suffer in this life right. because it's less suffering than the suffering that we deserve in rebellion against the God of creation. So those who receive the Son find mercy, find His favor, but those who resist the Son find only wrath. They may have a great life now. They may literally have their best life now. And in truth, if you're the only way for you to have your best life now is if you're going to hell. And then this right. is as good as it's going to ever get right. for you. Right. If you are so a hope Christian. you enjoyed your you know, hundred years or whatever. If you're, if you're a Christ follower, if you've received the Son, if you've been broken by the stone so that you can receive him, then your worst moment you've ever had, it only gets better. Right. Your best moment you've ever had in this life, it only gets better. Mm -hmm. So if, if you can think of, you know, for you, maybe it's the, the birth of your son. You know, there's so many great things that we think about. You know, my son's about to get married in a couple of weeks. Uh, I just graduated from college. My, my daughter is a veterinarian. My oldest son, you know, is given us five grandchildren and I see him and his wife and I'm so filled with joy as I see the, the people that they've become. And, and I, I'm just like, God, this is so great. Life doesn't get any better than this. But as a Christ follower, that's like worse than I will ever have in eternity. Right, right, the, right. The, the very best is, is absolutely worse than your very worst day in heaven as Which if there even, could be right, one right, right? right that's a that's a and we oxymoron. even try to put limitations on that like well will i be able to do this in heaven or will we will this be there in heaven or what Dude, I mean, you can't even right, comprehend right, right. you can't even conceive of this right this is the god who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine and we're wondering if heaven's going to be cool enough right come on so when we get this idea that that everything hinges on christ and i need to then live in a way that that demonstrates this brokenness 
And when I come to terms with that, we sang this song, uh, Holiness, Take My Life. Uh, that was pretty popular in the 90s. I think it was a Vineyard song originally. but That's why it was good. Uh, <laughs> so as it, Stacy likes the 90s songs. As we sing that song, um, I think it was Sonic Flood added the brokenness line on the end. I don't know that that was original to the song. Um, but we always have that brokenness line to end the song. And from the first time we started doing that at church, I've had people question it and say, well, brokenness? How is that a good thing? And it's not like the lyrics, the t- entire vibe of the song changes yeah. that. So it grabs your attention, yeah. that last bit. But we can't get to the righteousness and the right, holiness and right. the faithfulness without the brokenness. Right. And that's kind of the point. Everything that we see draws us into the breaking of our hearts before God so that he can take those broken pieces and make something beautiful. Well, we will end there today. I want egg salad now after that egg and potato oh, analogy. There you go. That's not a bad thing. No. So lunch is coming. (laughs) All right, guys, we will stop there for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, We will see you next time.